from WBEZ Chicago. The man in the middle from Florida, 6'11", number 13, Joaquin Noah. This is Making. I'm Brandon Pope. And today, from Chicago, at guard 6-3, number one, Derrick Rose. It's making Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose is a name of great pride and pain for Chicago and beyond. Raised right here in the Windy City, he was regarded as a basketball phenom with once-in-a-generation talent. And Derrick Rose brings down the Thunder with a two-hand jam. Big-time players make big-time plays. He is a killer. In 2011, at just age 22, he became the youngest MVP in NBA history, chosen over LeBron James at his peak. People posited him to be the next Michael Jordan. MVP time! Windy City Assassin does it again! My goodness, Dragic, allow me to introduce you to Derrick Rose. Rose trying to get open, fires away. Bang! It's over! The Bulls win at the buzzer! But that all changed in 2012. Uh-oh, uh-oh, Rose came down bad on his left foot. See him holding onto his knee, holding onto his knee and down. An ACL tear took him out of the game, and a firestorm of controversy ensued. Derrick Rose, as far as I'm concerned, is finished. So once again, we have to wonder, what is Derrick Rose's commitment? We, we have evidence that Derrick Rose uh, did not take his SATs. Derrick Rose, in the headlines and not for knee-related injuries, actually a very serious allegation now being accused in a lawsuit of rape. They call him the biggest what-if of NBA history. And even with the heartache and scandal, he's still beloved as a legend. How did this 19-year-old point guard from the south side change the game of basketball? What does his come up and come down mean for Chicago? What were the years that defined Derrick Rose? Even when a superhero is knocked down, he's still a superhero at the end of the day. And Derrick Rose showed why he's still a superhero. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. Chicago NPR talking about Derrick Rose with people. We talk to y'all real quick about him. Sure, sure. Okay. When I say Derrick Rose, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Chicago, uh, Simeon. Number one. Uh, athleticism. Dynamic. You know, dynamite. <laughs> Too many injuries. Too many injuries. Yeah. Uh, um, missed opportunity. Missed opportunity. Missed opportunity. Would you consider Derrick Rose an icon? Yes, absolutely. Yes, yes. He's from here. He embodied what Chicago means. I do, but I don't. I, I can't remember how long he played here for. So, not the biggest fan. He got his autographed jersey from his rookie year hanging up in my office where I have a lot of jerseys. So, he was a, a great hope and a great hype. But, you know, he got hurt and then he just couldn't maintain what he did. Do you think there was ever a point he could have surpassed LeBron? If healthy, absolutely yes. I, could, I think he could have been better than LeBron, in my opinion. If he haven't got injured, 
Oh, because we seen it. We seen the Bulls peaking. If he had not got injured, oh, definitely, man. The skies would have been the limit for Devin Rose, man. No doubt. He's a loaded name, beloved, forgotten, and everything in between. And maybe it's because he wasn't your average basketball player, and this isn't your average basketball city. He didn't make his way to the Bulls from North Carolina like Jordan. He was hometown born and bred. He symbolized Chicago's very own. And his story started right here in the Southside neighborhood of Inglewood. His mom was the most important person in his life. This is veteran Chicago sports reporter Cheryl Ray Stout. Derek was raised by a single mom with his three older brothers, Dwayne, Reggie, and Alan. They were trying to protect him. Her and her three other sons were trying to protect him because they knew he was special, but he lived in a rough neighborhood. Englewood is a tough place. There's a lot to think about. And so there was a protective uh, barrier around Derek. There's a lot of layers to, you know, growing up in Englewood like he did. That's Bulls.com writer Sam Smith who's been covering Chicago sports since the 1980s. He's, he's in a house, extended family sort of house, you know, 12, I don't know, a dozen people living in the house. He, in his bedroom was a closet. Growing up in Inglewood wasn't easy for Derek. His family ran into some trouble. His brother sold drugs to get by, and Derek gambled, according to his 2019 self-produced documentary. This is the environment he grew up in, but he had very protective brothers. His community saw he was destined for greatness and made sure he fulfilled his potential. At that time, gang members gave athletes the baller pass, meaning they wouldn't recruit Rose to a gang because he had talent. Derrick Rose came on my radar and um, he was in sixth grade. I was coaching elementary basketball at the time. This is Robert Smith. At this time, he was also the assistant basketball coach at Simeon Career Academy, where Derrick eventually went to high school. Simeon's a Chicago public school with a top-tier basketball program, and Smith caught wind of this rising star when he was just in middle school. There was another kid that was on his team who was an eighth grader who uh, was thinking about coming to Simeon, and when I saw Derek, I was like, that kid right there should be the one coming to Simeon. The guy who was sitting next to me in the stands, he was like, well, he's only in sixth grade. And I was like, whoa. Wow, sixth grade. What was it about a sixth grade Derrick Rose that made you say, yo, this is this is a phenom here? Oh, uh, it's his IQ. He understood the game. His his direction, you know, how fast he was, he knew how to go fast, when to go fast. A lot of guys who are fast, they just go at one speed. He knew how to direct his speeds at at a young age, and that was that was eye opener. And then he was very athletic, you know, for a sixth grader. So you, you're able to see kind of that that burst of quickness, that explosion that he played with, really early. Yeah, definitely. He was real explosive as a youngster. That's what made me think that he was in eighth grade. So you can kind of tell at that at that moment that he had a chance to be really really special. D Rose decided to enroll in Simeon Career Academy. His friend went there, and it was just two miles from his house. And so began one of the most successful high school basketball careers in Chicago history. He's electric shoot threes. Derrick Rose, three-pointer, three threes in a row. Just watch this. Derrick Rose and Derrick Rose. Oh, the one meal. Showtime. Rose is 8 of 8 from the field. Goes in one more time and hits. He's 9 of 9. Are you kidding me? Paramore against Derrick Rose. Oh! Rose blocked it. Derrick already had a rep. 
but that did not help him against the Simeon head coach at the time, Bob Hambrick. Hambrick had a strict policy against putting freshmen on the varsity team. Coach Hambrick, who was my high school coach and who was there when Derek was a freshman, didn't allow freshmen to play on varsity. So Derek didn't play varsity his freshman year. But as the year went on, the JV team, we were just as good as the varsity. I mean, practice was almost, it was a war. And we was pushing them guys to the limit, you know, every day in practice. I mean, some days we beat them in practice. His freshman year, Derek averaged 18 and a half points and 6.6 assists per game. Funny story is, is that the varsity won the city champion. It was time to go downstate. And on that team, me as the assistant coach, I'm like, we missing a point guard. I mentioned to the head coach who was Coach Hamrick, like, if we take Derek downstate with us, we'll win the state championship. And he was like, no, we can't do that. These guys, you know, they got us this far. We got to ride with them. And I'm like, well, coach, these guys want him to come. And he would not budge with it. I mean, we actually could have won a state championship had we added Derek because we needed a true point guard, somebody who could really facilitate and open up the floor for the other guys, but he just wouldn't, he wouldn't do it. Then the time came for Derek to shine. Coach Hambrick retired. Coach Smith became head coach. And Derek Rose landed on varsity. He debuted at the Curie Shootout, a scrimmage at Curie High School. 3,000 fans showed up. It was packed. There was no room to stand, and they ran out of programs and food. Just think about that. You're a sophomore in high school, coming off of JV, and you already have thousands of fans across the city. You know, the first game of his sophomore year playing on varsity, it's my first year as the varsity coach. You know, and we playing Thornwood at Curie High School, and, and the place is sold out. You know, and, and he really put a show on. Simeon played Thornwood, who was ranked above them, but Derek led his school to victory. He scored 22 points, seven rebounds, five steals, and two assists. And, and I tell people all the time, he, he helped jumpstart my career to have a, a player like that. I couldn't just be average as a coach. I had to be, you know, above average to, to make sure that he was getting better every day because I did not want to fail him by not pushing him to get where he wanted to go. By the end of his sophomore season, he earned his first national honor, a third-team spot on Parade's All-American team. He was officially among the nation's top players. I do remember one day we were at practice his sophomore year, just shooting around before practice started, and he was like, Coach, I don't know how you get up every day and go to work. I said, well, that's, you know, that's what I have to do to take care of my family. He said, I'm, I'm not going to do that, I'm going to be a professional basketball player. I said, well, you know, Derek, everybody said they're going to be a professional basketball player. He was like, no, coach, I'm, I'm going to be a professional basketball player. You know, I'm, I'm going to help my mom and my brothers. I'm going to be a professional basketball player. I said, well, that's fine. You know, if that's what your dreams are, we're going to try to work to your dreams. But, you know, we got to make sure there's a plan B if that doesn't happen. He was like, coach, I'm going to be a professional basketball player. <laughs> no plan B. He said, this is, this is the plan. Yes, that was the plan. When he was going to Simeon and he lived in Englewood, there was a lot about that story that really resonated with me because I covered the Benji Wilson murder. This is Cheryl Ray Stout again. She's talking about another high school star from the early 1980s, Benji Wilson. He was number one overall in the nation when he was murdered his senior year. Derek wore the number 25 while at Simeon to honor him. 
So I knew a lot about Simeon, and, and to have him come to that school and to perform the way he did, you know, it was it was like seeing a refreshing moment in Chicago sports history when it comes to prep sports. And so he really was something special right away. Cypher Flowers, he has it pushed out a little bit. Derrick's junior year. The Simeon Wolverines faced the Richwood Knights from Peoria at the state championship. They were the underdogs. Simeon hadn't won since 1984, but this time they had a secret weapon. He's electric. He can shoot it. He can slash it. He is electric in the open floor. He's a phenom. The game went into overtime. And then... Here's Rose. He can make a play. He's going one-on-one. Derek hit the game-winning shot to earn Simeon their first state championship in over 20 years. Robert Smith said this is the best team since the 84 champs, and you can put their name alongside, and there is your country insurance and financial services player of the game, Derek Rose. The game-winning shot in overtime. And he kept going. Senior year, second state championship. And the Simeon Wolverines will have done it. Back-to-back state championships for Simeon. McDonald's All-American. Derrick Rose hangs in the air and gets it to Kevin Love. By the end of his senior season, Derrick was ranked as the country's best high school point guard. And Simeon was first in the nation. Well, what really stood out to me was how unselfish he was. He just played basketball the right way. But when those lights got bright, he stepped up to the plate. I remember his last game in high school. We were walking over because we played in Bradley. And the hotel is like a half a block from the arena. Me and him and uh, one of my assistant coaches, Drake Hamlin, we're walking over to the arena and we're just talking. And he was like, man, I'm going to show everybody I'm the best point guard in the country. So we get to the arena, and I told Coach Hamill, I said, man, he's going to shoot all these balls. He is not going to pass tonight. He's going to shoot all the balls. Well, it was the total opposite. He didn't take any shots. He just passed and got people open and got them wide open shots. And I mean, I think we ended up winning the game by like 20-some points, but he made sure everybody got the ball. You know, he just got into spots where people were wide open. They, they couldn't do nothing but make the shots because they were so wide open. So we get back to the locker room. I was like, man, that, you, you just – you didn't shoot. He said, Coach, some of these guys may not even play basketball again. I just want them to have fun and enjoy themselves because I know I'm going I'm to continue to play. And I was like, whoa, that's deep. I said, that's deep because a lot of those guys after that, you know, we, we got them in college, but they – may not have stayed in college and stuff like that. So that moment was their highlight of their whole basketball career. And for somebody to even think like that at that age tells you what type of person they are. Wow. Speaks to his character. Yeah, definitely. He was an All-American, a McDonald's All-American. He won two state championships. You know, back-to-back, that was very unusual. That didn't happen much, you know, with Chicago Public Schools uh, for quite a while. So Derek Rose rose above everybody else when it came to We knew he was something special. We knew that he had 
the, the ability to be an NBA player. There's no doubt about it. Coach Robert Smith had the nation's top college coaches knocking on his door for D-Rose. The recruitment with Derek has started to get a little, you know, crazy because it was my first go around with talking to college coaches. And I'm not talking to UIC coach or Loyola coach or South Dakota. I'm talking to Calipari. I'm talking to North Carolina. I'm, I'm talking to every major coach in the country, you know, and I don't have a real idea about that type of stuff and, and anything because it's all new to me as well. Derek got offers from Indiana University and University of Illinois, but one coach in particular courted him very well. But I do remember when Coach Cal came in to recruit Derek, he let me know that I'm here to recruit Derek Rose. I'm not here to recruit you. You know, you're doing a great job with the kid. You're making sure he's ready for college. But I'm solely here for him. A lot of guys come in, they want to take you out to dinner and do all those type of things. He wasn't, that wasn't his approach. Coach Cal. John Calipari from the University of Memphis. He told ESPN in 2008 that he saw Derek play at an AAU game where he lost and started crying. Derek would frequently cry after losing when most other kids would just move on. That's when Calipari knew he had the drive to win. He had to make sure it was a good fit for him because in his mind, I'm only doing this for one year. <laughs> I'm going to the pro, so I got to be around some guys who going to help me become to be a pro in one year, and that was going to be in the limelight. I mean, what other place to be at is with Coach Kyle. He's going to make sure that you're playing against the best. Stolen away by Rose, who dumps it down. Derek Rose weaving through traffic. Giddens for three. Rose. Oh, my goodness. In his one year at Memphis, Derek had an iconic game where he really stood out. It was the championship against Kansas. And so now I started watching because, you know, now sort of the hype is leading into the NBA. This is Bulls.com writer Sam Smith again. He actually missed a crucial free throw at the end. One of the Kansas kids, uh, the kid I went and played with uh, LeBron James in Miami when they won the championships as a kind of a role player. Uh, but he made a big shot, and uh, Memphis ended up losing the game. They lost, but wow, I remember that game, and it was one for the ages. Probably one of the greatest national championship games ever played, and a lot of that was because D. Rose was on the court, putting on a show. It was that unselfishness that really stayed consistent. And it was a terrific game to watch, but he didn't stand out in the sense of... Uh, you know, one of the great players, you know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or a Magic Johnson or Larry Bird in the game, you know, in the sense of didn't go and score 30 points, wasn't the focus of the team all game just because he was a point guard, a very unselfish player. He could have scored the most points, but he knew all his players were in position to get easy baskets. And so that's what he was doing in the game. He was trying to make what they say in the NBA, in, in pro sports or in basketball, in any case, is make the right play. In other words, if the defense is focusing toward you all the time, get the ball to somebody else who has an easier opportunity to score. After the break, D. Rose takes on the NBA. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. 
More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. By April of 2008, Derek announced his time in Memphis was over. He declared for the NBA draft. Now, this 2008 NBA draft was unlike any other in the league's history. There was some real bad times. There was some real bad times. This is journalist Cheryl Ray Stout again, and she's talking about how the Chicago Bulls were faring in that era. They were in a slump post-Michael Jordan. But they were getting some pieces. They were getting Luol Deng. They were getting Joakim Noah. So there were some players coming in place, but they just couldn't They couldn't make the playoffs. They just were wallowing, you know, really in the muck. And the interesting thing is if they were to take the position that they ended up that year, they would have picked ninth. But they got the lucky lottery draw. 1.7% chance, and they get the number one pick. 1.7% chance. The Bulls had a 1.7% chance of winning first pick, and they got it. It was the second largest upset in NBA draft lottery history. I was living in a garden apartment in uh, Hyde Park when the draft lottery occurred. This is Jason Goff. He's an anchor for NBC Sports Chicago and covers the Bulls. At this time, he was a producer at famed Chicago sports radio station 670 The Score. And I was on the phone with my uncle. And as the cards started to be revealed and you knew the Bulls had jumped up into that top three or top four, I said to him on the phone, like, they going to mess around and get Derrick Rose. Like, it's going to happen. And when that number one card got revealed, I ran outside. I was like, yeah, man. Like, it was a feeling of um, not just, like, joy because you were going to add to your favorite team. It was that connection. The top two players? A 6'3 guard named Derrick Rose and a 6'9 forward named Michael Beasley. And now the question was, you know, they could, they could draft Derrick Rose. So I really started paying attention then. Sam Smith again. So I was on a show with Comcast. It was a debate. And I think it was with Stacey King, who was the Bulls uh, TV broadcaster. We were doing a, a debate about the draft. It actually was a lot of sentiment in the Chicago community, even though Derrick was from Chicago, not to take Derrick. Because they had Kirk Heinrich, who was a popular player, point guard. And there was a lot of sentiment in, at the time in Chicago, uh, in the media, and even on the Bulls. Even though they'll deny it, I know there was a lot of internal thought about, we need to take Michael Beasley because we really need a big-time scorer. You know, because we need scoring. We got a point guard. He's not, you know, he's not an all-star point guard, but he's pretty close. And so I was on this, I remember being on a show with Stacy. no offense to Stacy, because he is a very bright basketball guy. His point was he was to argue for uh, Beasley. And I remember my response is like, are you nuts? June 26th, 2008. It is their first number one overall pick since 1999. We think we know where they're going. Commissioner David Stern will tell us if we're correct. With the first pick in the 2008 NBA draft, the Chicago Bulls select Derrick Rose from the University of Memphis. Chicago erupted. Derrick slapped on a Chicago Bulls hat, turned to hug his mother, then his brother Reggie, 
then his coach, John Calipari. After a year away from home at Memphis, Derrick Rose is going back home to Chicago. You could feel the energy of everybody. The organization felt it. The, the players felt it. They all knew he was somebody special because the Bulls players at that time, they knew what was going on with Derrick Rose. Now Derrick Rose is a Chicago Bull, but he takes a minute to find his groove. You know, the first year he averaged 16 points, something like that. So, you know, sports is very statistic oriented. So sports is measured by numbers. And so his numbers weren't, you know, to, didn't jump off the page. That is, well, 16 points, you know, there's... There's 50 guys averaging 16 points in the league. And, and so then he's progressing. He averages like the second season, 20 points. But but there's still, you know, a marginal playoff team. One of the things I always did was go always go to uh, the the training camps. Here's Cheryl Ray Stout. I, I noticed a couple of things about him. He was not talking to the media all the time after games. And I took him aside and I said, you know, Derek, I don't know if you want this information or not, but I covered Michael Jordan his whole career. And one of the things that Michael did was he talked to us every game, before games and after games. But Derek didn't know that. And I said, it would just help you. I, again, being 19 is not easy, but I thought, oh, you don't have to answer everything. You just, you know, answer what you can. And he took that advice and he did it. So, you know, Maybe one thing that I helped him do, but not, that's about it. Derek's second season came to a close, and already in his career, he had a Rookie of the Year award, and he made the All-Star team. But tons of guys get those titles. He's not quite icon status yet. The Bulls needed a change, so they hired Tom Thibodeau as head coach. And I think that's when that's when Derek made his proclamation. He'd averaged 20 points, and... At media day, you know, media day is the first day of the season where the players all do interviews. And then the next morning, they all start the uh, training camp for the season. And that's where Derek and he's sitting, you know, uh, always very, very conversationally, never, you know, making bold statements. And his two years with the Bulls, somebody asked sort of an innocuous question. Hey, Derek, in the back, uh, you won the Rookie of the Year award. You made your first All-Star team a year ago. Now people around the league are talking about you taking the next jump to becoming a top 10 player in the league. I know you've never been one to back away from a challenge. What kind of expectations do you set for yourself individually going into year three? And he says, why not? Why can't I be the MVP of the league? Why can't I be the best player in the league? I don't see why. Why? Why can't I do that? You know, why can't I be MVP? Where does this come from? And so where it came from was, you know, he knew. He he knew and he understood what all the experts didn't. You know, that he had this in him and he could do it. The fact is, he put something in his mind. He's going to do it. He wants to be the best. He was going to do it. And what was great was his teammates around him knew that they had somebody special. Joakim Noah loved Pooh, loved him, embraced him. They knew that he was just a little bit, no, a lot better than them. Mm. You said Pooh. That's his nickname. That's yeah? his nickname. I just hear these nicknames. <laughs> I don't generally use them because players tell me they don't like me using them. The, the fact is Joakim Noah always would use it, so it got in my head. <laughs> But then what happened in 2011? 
He averaged 25 points a game, almost eight assists, and he just blew the doors out. <laughs> So we sat down with the man who became the voice of Chicago's D Rose era. Yeah, those were those are some amazing times. Legendary Bulls announcer and color analyst Stacy King. You know, I, I've been truly blessed. I, I always, I always give Derrick Rose credit for my personality is booming anyway. Like I got a quick, I'm quick witted. Uh, but Derrick Rose really, really helped my career. You know, um, with his exciting play, his brand and style of basketball. It was just a natural fit. We just came together. Every so often you get a player like that. There's a generational talent that is like a Haley's Comet. It's just, you know, it comes and it goes. But while it's here, you better enjoy it. And while he was here, I, I, I had the best of times. It was just fun. It wasn't even a job. Sure enough, eight months after he famously proclaimed, why can't I be MVP of the league? Derek... You've had a career year so far. Derrick Rose took the crown home. And in a league of very valuable players, you are the most valuable. And it is my pleasure to award to you the Kia NBA 2010-11 MVP trophy. He became the youngest MVP in NBA history. And note, he won it over LeBron James at his peak. We're talking Miami Heat era LeBron James. You know, you're used to seeing, you know, 6'9", 6'8", guys dunking on seven-footers. You know, this is a guy 6'3", dunking on, you know, Greg Oden, you know, dunking on LeBron James. I mean, he's all these guards now are patterned after Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose set the set the template, the John Morant that you see now. Derrick Rose, they feared Derrick Rose. Guards, Chris Paul would call in sick when the Bulls would come to town. And we we always called the Derrick Rose-itis. They got Derrick Rose-itis. <laughs> like, the top guards did not want to play against him. It's like Jordan. You know, guys feared Michael Jordan. There's certain guys in this league that you know can give you 50 at any given time and embarrass you in front of your, your friends, your family, your mama, your daddy, your kids, and you, and you might not want to play against that dude. So you might call in sick. Who we playing? Oh, we got the Bulls coming to. Oh, hell no, I'm sick. I can't, I can't go tonight. And and a lot of guards did that. Derrick Rose-itis. I love it. <laughs> the fans sent them and it's like, hey. Here's Sam Smith. It's the, it's the second coming. Jesus is, you know, he's come back. It was the second coming of Jordan. Like, we've been waiting for this since 1998. You know, here, you know, we've been pining for another Jordan, and now we got it. We got a star again. You know, from the standpoint of his play in Chicago, Chicago is just, uh, you know, through the moon about, we, we got a guy again. The city was on top of the world. And then... Game one of the first round of the NBA playoffs. 
They were playing the Philadelphia 76ers. The Bulls were leading by 12 points with just over a minute left in the game. Exactly what you're supposed to do because the Bulls are trying to send a message and a knockout punch that, look, we're, we're looking Derek to drove to the paint, rose up for a shot, opted for a pass, and... Oh, oh, Rose came down bad on his left foot. See him holding on to his knee, holding on to his knee and down. He was flying, and he came down wrong on the left foot. Now, whether it was an ankle or a knee, I do not know. Where were you when this happened? I was in the hallway. Oh, yeah, I was about 10 feet away. I was on the baseline, uh, getting ready to walk back into the media room. You know those moments of history that are just so pivotal you remember your precise location? When we talked to people about Derrick Rose's ACL tear, it was just like that. But I do remember the exact moment because I even had said something like, hey, man, we might want to take our starters out. Stacy King again. You know, Thibodeau is a great coach, and Thibodeau is the guy that will leave his starters in for 40-plus minutes. Derrick's made that move a million times in his career. A million times. And... Just a routine, hot bunny step, bop, and then, you know, jump. And when he went to the floor and crumpled to the floor, you could hear a pin drop in the United Center. Because it was buzzing at the time. It was, I mean, we were we were really, you know, we were putting it on Philadelphia, and the crowd was, you know, really hyped. And, you know, there was a lot of spectacular plays. Team was winning. But you could hear a pin drop when that happened. Immediately, you knew it wasn't good. And shortly after that incident, I got a chance to talk to Reggie. And Reggie was like, you know, he told me, he's like, he'll be fine. And I kind of looked at him. And, you know, it's one of those where it's like, yeah, you know, it was, it, you knew what it was. You knew what it was. Uh, it was sad. <laughs> it was sad. It was a moment that began a quick spiral down for Derrick Rose's career. The thing was is that Rose had his medical people saying one thing, and he had the Bulls people saying something else. And the Bulls thought that he should be able to come back sooner than he did, and there was pushback. And I, I can never fault a player that doesn't think that they should be they could be on the court. Anytime there's an injury, you got to trust a player and what they think. And, and the problem is when you have medical people, who do they work for? They work for the team. If they work for the team, then for, in their mind, that player is just a commodity. He's not the person. D. Rose tore his ACL in April of 2012. Doctors gave him the green light in March of 2013, but... I'm not coming back to Omaha 110%. Who knows when that could be? It could be within a couple of weeks, next year. It, it could be any day. You know, you know, it could be any time. It's just that it's, I'm not coming back till I'm ready. He sat out the entire 2012-2013 season, and fans were not happy. That's when it got really, really dark in this city in terms of how people were discussing him and discussing his want to. So once again, we have to wonder, what is Derrick Rose's commitment? Because it sure appears to me that he isn't nearly as driven to win a championship as Bulls fans are passionate post-Michael Jordan about winning another championship. Just, you know, imagine 
being great at something at such an early age that the weight of a city is on your back and then all of a sudden that being snatched away from you because your body gives out on you and everyone looking at you like you're soft or you you this is the moment where you're choosing not to compete it was just it was it was ludicrous to me it was a blot on the chicago community in a lot of respects sam smith again chicago needed derek to be derek he needed him to be who he was and that's who they wanted him to be and they were not going to accept him being less because the team and the community needed him to be that to have the success that they wanted so derek finally does come back the next year suffers another injury as MCL, a meniscus tear, misses the rest of that season. You know, now this process goes on for like the next three or four years. He's rehabbing, he's coming back. Derek Rose, as far as I'm concerned, is finished. And I don't mean finished, finished I don't mean finished as an NBA player. Yeah. I don't mean finished as a great NBA player. I mean finished as the Derek Rose yeah. we both we've okay. all known. I'm with you. And then, in 2016, an ex-girlfriend accused Derek of rape. He was found not liable, but the details of the case were damning. You know, it's still tough for me to process because... Jason Goff. Those are very serious allegations. It was a very serious time at the time. And, you know, some of the things that he said did not come off well at all. You know, the, 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 the part about... Uh, understanding or not understanding what consent was and it was a bad time and you know he admittedly put himself in a position that he shouldn't have been in um and 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 i will never disparage you know an alleged victim or anything like that because it's not my place and and on top of it from what i read of the particulars of the case there it wasn't a good situation at all you know, it's something that's going to be stapled to him for the rest of his life. You know, the same with the Ben Roethlisberger situation and God bless the dead. But, you know, Kobe, they brought that up when he passed away as well. So these if you're going to cover him in his totality, this was a part of it. And it was not, you know, it was not a sterling or shining moment for any of the parties involved. Period. It was a bad time. What do you think we you know, the media, the franchise, the city. Uh, what do you think we have to learn from what happened uh, to Derrick Rose in this what-if situation? Um, everybody isn't made for professional sports. And I'm not talking about the person, but I'm talking about the actual physical body, right? Like I've talked to NFL players uh, and, and, and dudes who understand, like, their collagen levels, and this is because of your body composition. You know, all you can do is deal with what you have and what you, you know, been blessed with or not blessed with. Everybody isn't made for professional sports. And when we see people grind away and slowly but surely get injured or succumb to injury, we think because we play video games or because we manage our fake teams with our fake names on them in, in fantasy that, oh, yeah, this guy is just you know, it's just another plug and play. You know, it says five weeks. He should be back in five weeks. No, that's not how it works. It's not how it works. And a little bit of empathy, a little bit of humanity goes a long way in understanding and also not, you know, putting up um, unreasonable expectations for you as a fan. You know, it's funny. Fans, fans side with billionaires over millionaires and we all broke still. 
You know what I mean? We we, we look at we, we we look at the we look at these players and, and can't wait to say this guy is terrible, this guy that, or have these grand conversations about it. And all that's happening is these billionaires are in the back, like, yeah, it's working, it's working. <laughs> they are rooting for their self interest, and they don't give a damn about this young man or young woman. It's working, y'all. Just just you know, have a little common sense, have a little empathy when you see people have catastrophic injuries. Like, it, it shouldn't be that easy to move on. Sports debate shows, talk radio, Twitter, or X, no matter where you go, when people talk about icons of sport, you hear about rings and records shattered and other major accomplishments. And maybe that's not always the best way to measure an athlete's legacy. The D-Rose moment in Chicago was short, but the impact was colossal for so many Chicagoans and just basketball fans overall. And he didn't stop. He's still playing, still leading, still fighting. Like a rose through concrete, he perseveres. And he's always going to be revered for that. Fair to call Derrick Rose an icon? Oh, 100%, bro. 100%. I've had this conversation and argument about his jersey being retired and all that. Man, stop playing with me. Stop playing with me. That man had a meteoric rise, stared down one of the best talents at the best time in his career. This other thing, too. He caught the best LeBron James. That's what doesn't get talked about a lot. Like 2010 to about 2013, you go back and look at what LeBron was doing in Miami. And you tell me if if that wasn't the pinnacle of a dude that we think is the best of all time or second best of all time or third best of all time. So, yeah, you know, Derrick Rose is definitely uh, an iconic Chicago figure, not just basketball. I mean, hell, how many times have been name checked in, in rap lyrics? I mean, he, he'll, he'll forever be one of the uh, the greatest basketball players to come out of this city, this area. You know, I, I make no bones about it. Sounds iconic to me. Making Derrick Rose was produced by Hina Srivastava and edited by Justin Boole. I'm your host, Brandon Pope. Our executive producer is Brendan Benazak. More episodes are on the way, so be sure to press that subscribe button, and we'll see you soon.